This is The Big Show with Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is the big show. Jake Scott with you, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live from the Dish Professionals. Give them a call, 801-424-DISH, 801-424-3474. Let's uh, let's, uh, jump out to the Smart Rain special guest line. Utah will be in a drought next summer. Smart Rain knows that 2022 budget planning for most businesses is coming soon. Take advantage of their Save Now, Pay Later promotion. Do your part by saving water while saving money. Check Best of State Award winner Smart Rain at smartrain.net. Joining us now, he is uh, going to be my co-host from 10 to noon every day here on the Zone Sports Network and, of course, continue his fine work at kslsports.com. He is my dear friend, Ben Anderson. What's going on, Ben? Congratulations on the new show, buddy. I'm excited about it. Well, and uh, thank you very much, and I apologize for the uh, enormous step down in your career for having to do a daily show with me, but I appreciate you welcoming me, and this being your last day of us being friends is before we're a co-host, I guess. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I really am excited about it. There's there's a lot of things I like about doing a show in the midday. It's it's something I've I've done before, and, you know, Ben, in the midday, you have a really kind of dedicated listener, usually somebody that listens for a long, long time, very engaging. I'm, I'm very excited about getting back to the midday. Day, but I'm excited mostly about working with you. Um, I've admired your work from afar for a, a long time. Um, I mentioned earlier in the show we we shared a we share a former co-host in uh, Kyle Gunther, which I, I did a show with, and then of course you did for a long, long time in of course Drive Time uh, with Kyle. And I, I admired your work then, and uh, I, I've really thought your transition to covering the jazz for kslsports.com has been an amazing one. You're a terrific writer. And I, I just, I think we can do, let me put it this way. I'm excited to work with you and I think we can do a lot from day one. And the, there's a lot of potential there. Well, I'm flattered uh, by your kind words and then certainly by the opportunity. Obviously I know this is a, a big responsibility and I appreciate it. And while you're talking about uh, our friend Kyle Gunther, because I get asked about him a lot because we did the show together for so long. Let me read this text that he sent when he found out the news, just to you really quick, Jake, uh, because he is happy for us. He said, I'm so happy for you. I'll tune in for sure. Tell Jakester I love him, too, and I wish you guys well. So uh, a lot of people do ask about Kyle Gunther, and uh, he's doing well and uh, is excited for this opportunity for me and uh, for you as well. I know you guys have a, a close relationship as well. So Kyle's doing great for everyone who asks. He's... Uh... <laughs> Kyle's the best. I I will never forget my time working with Kyle Gunther. Uh, And I mean that with all the best. We had some absolute hilariously fun times uh, when I was doing a show with him and and working with him. We had a particular trip to Portland, which was pretty nuts. But uh, no, Kyle, Kyle is the best. And uh, you, you know, you did great shows with him. And so uh, I think we can do great shows together. And I really, you know, while we're talking about what you you and I have talked a little bit about what we want the show to be. And uh, we really want to take advantage of your connection and coverage with the jazz with kslsports.com. So we're going to be very focused on the jazz and it's a good time certainly to do that. But I think we both want to keep it light and have fun at the same time. Yeah, and I think hopefully uh, get a lot of different voices on the uh, the air that we can. I mean, it's a two-hour show. We're not going to have a lot of uh, interviews and things like that necessarily because 
there's not as much time to, you know that, that, that we have in, in the middle of the day to, to talk and uh, but I think it's an opportunity for you and I to, to share our opinions and then certainly bring in a lot of other opinions as, as well. You know, I talked to Holly Rowe today at Jazz Practice today and, and asked her if she'd like to come on, and she said she'd love to. So, I, I mean, I think there's certainly different opportunities for us to go out and find some voices that uh, that aren't always on the air that we can uh, spread and kind of help launch this thing into the next level. Wow, look at you, Ben. The show hasn't even started. We're not even on day number one, and you're already landing big headliner guests. I mean, I geez. Well, she hasn't said. She gave me her number. I didn't get her as it is. <laughs> I don't know when she's coming on. But you know what? I think 10 to 2 is, or 10 to noon is a pretty good time. People usually aren't that busy at that point. So hopefully I have a good opportunity to get some people on. Ben Anderson already setting an extraordinarily high standard for the show. I like <laughs> yeah, it. Who you I, got, I think it's Jake. a good thing. Yeah, right. These, just these, oh, I don't know. You know, international celebrity Holly Rowe is willing to come over to the show. Who do you have? Lloyd? I don't that, have anybody. Your... <laughs> Not compared to that. <laughs> Take that. I got you, Ben. And you know what? Uh, we honestly, we, we're not sure who's going to be the full-time producer of the show uh, quite yet, Ben. But heaven help them because they're getting the two most high-maintenance dudes in town. Yeah, you and I are, uh, you and I are a notorious handful. So <laughs> pray for those guys. <laughs> seriously uh but let's let's uh let's talk some basketball ben because the season begins tomorrow and i was just talking about overall the western conference a couple segments ago and that is where i want to start with you here's here's my frame of mind when kind of trying to decide where my prediction is going to be because i i'm trying to talk myself out of the jazz being western conference champions just because I don't know. It feels like the maybe the Homer pick, or I'm drinking the Kool Aid, or whatever. But here's where here's where I'm having trouble. I can't talk myself into anybody else in the West. I look at the rest of the teams, and and maybe that's the beauty of it. Everybody's flawed, but I look at the rest of the teams, and I can't really fully sell myself on on anyone else either. So this is my conundrum. What do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I think you're probably right there. I think everyone at this point, obviously, because we haven't played a game yet, has their their question marks. But really, there are more significant question marks this season than there are most years. Uh, you look at the Denver Nuggets, and they don't have Jamal Murray to start the season. And, and look, even if he comes back, we just need to stop kind of fooling ourselves. The guys ever come back the same that first year. You're just It takes so long to get your timing back, your wind back, your strength back, everything that it takes to be you know one of the most elite players in the world. It's just so hard to come back and be good, and he's clearly their second-best player behind Nikola Jokic, so... Without him, that's going to be hard. You know, the Lakers are the Lakers, and you should never bet against LeBron James. I, I firmly believe that. And still, at some point, Father Time comes into play. Russell Westbrook has never won the way he should in his career. So I don't know what to believe there. And then you're asking for an entire roster to, to kind of figure it out on the fly and be a championship contender right away. That's difficult. Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers are in the same boat as Jamal Murray and the, uh, and the Nuggets, even though Kawhi's a significantly better player than Jamal. Phoenix Suns stuff is too goofy for them to not sign DeAndre Ayton before the season. You just don't need to put – when you're having your best season you've had in three decades, you just don't mess that up with contractual stuff that is a foregone conclusion that, uh, that Ayton's going to get a max contract from somebody next offseason. So I don't know what they are afraid of or what they think is going on there, but that's something to watch. And then everyone else has just a, a lack of talent compared to those top four teams. So I think that's going to be the major issue across the West. I was surprised with the lack of major moves. And I know Russell Westbrook, and I, we can talk about the Lakers fit here in a second, but I was surprised Portland didn't do something more aggressive. Or Dallas. I mean, I don't think, 
I don't think the Porzingis Luca matchup is is you know team uh, team up is ideal. I think Dallas. I I'm surprised of the lack of kind of really aggressive moves. No, Kristaps Porzingis just isn't a legit number two guy. He's he's incredibly talented, but after his injury in New York, he kind of never came back the same way. And yeah, I, I'm curious. And then they lost Rick Carlisle. Don't forget, Rick Carlisle yeah. is probably the best coach in the NBA. You know, as much as, as we love Greg Popovich and Eric Spolstra and Quinn Snyder absolutely belongs in that conversation. Uh, but you look at guys who have won championships, have won everywhere they've ever been, turned teams into contenders really quickly. Uh, it, it's hard to beat what Rick Carlisle has done. And, and you're replacing him not just with, you know, it's not like they're getting a replacement level coach. They're getting Jason Kidd, who's been enormously questionable wherever he's gone. So I think that's a step backwards, unfortunately, for them. Portland absolutely should have done everything they could to get Ben Simmons, in my opinion. I get that right now Ben Simmons is the most hated man, uh, certainly in Philadelphia, if not all of the country, <laughs> certainly in the NBA circles. But I, I just can't imagine anything other than Damian Lillard that I wouldn't give up to get a guy like that on that team. I mean, they, they don't have superstar pieces, and I get that Philly has to agree to a trade. But, I mean, the, the 76ers would have been had to have been willing at this point to take – you know, a Gary Trent Jr. and a C.J. McCollum in draft picks or whatever you need to get that deal done. And you're right. Portland just didn't get significantly better. I like a couple of their pieces, but but nothing that's going to push them over the top. And then everyone else is just, you know, kind of still trying to grow. Oklahoma City, who we'll see tomorrow night, is trying to grow. Memphis is still trying to figure it out. New Orleans never figured it out last season. It doesn't give me any hope for this year because I think they got worse. So it's going to be a fun season, but but I think the West is going to look a lot like it did last year. Do you think that uh, Westbrook and the Lakers, well, but specifically his role, do you think that is going to work? And if so, sell me, sell me on why. Here's what does work, and it's going to work during the regular season. I don't know if it works in the playoffs. Is he allows LeBron to take lots of possessions off because he is such a one-man wrecking crew, because he can legitimately handle 30 possessions a game the way very few players in NBA history have. He's just got – his best, I mean, his best asset is his motor, and it's always been his motor, and that's how he gets triple-doubles. You know, he's a good passer. He's good at attacking the rim. He certainly doesn't have the athleticism or explosiveness he used to have, but he's still pretty good. He still runs really hard. He rebounds really well, and he kind of does a lot of the same things, the triple-double stuff that LeBron does. So that will help LeBron not feel like he has to do everything, but at the same point, the things he doesn't do well are, I think, the best things that you need to have next to LeBron. You know, LeBron's been at his best when he's had really good defensive players and shooters and athletes around him that I think that can kind of complement and, and play smart off of how he plays. And I'm not saying Russell Westbrook doesn't play smart. I think he's a really smart person. I, I just think his game is the type that you have to build around him. And I don't think that necessarily fits next to LeBron unless LeBron's willing to take a back seat. And that's you know, that's just bad for the Lakers. LeBron's still, you know, the second or third best player on earth. So I I know I've asked you about uh, Kyrie Irving. Uh, I think I, I'm sure I asked you about it last week. But now that um, we see, I guess, that, that the state or the city of New York is, is not going to bend one bit and the Nets did what they had to do and basically deactivated him. I don't – what's the end game here, do you think, by, by your best guess? Yeah, it's, I honestly would told you, Jake, and I think I said this a few weeks ago when you asked me, is that I thought by this point he would have, he would have signed. You know, yeah, or I should too. say, you know, gotten the vaccine and, and been back with the team. And I just assumed that he would have done it. And I guess, you know, I don't know if you want to say he called everyone bluff or, or if he's just comfortable doing this and, and doesn't feel like he wants to be around. Maybe that's the case, and maybe he's going to use it as an opportunity to take the first half of the season off, and he'll still sign later. And we see guys do that in, you know, all sorts of sports, not necessarily with the vaccine. 
but with, you know, all types of reasons. Hey, I'm not ready to play. Hey, I want to wait to come back to a contender. And the nice thing is, whenever he comes back, he's coming back to a contender because the Nets are going to be so good this season. But, you know, maybe he just doesn't want to be involved in it for a full 82 games. Maybe he doesn't have that type of interest. We know he's taken weird days off in the past to go to birthday parties and, you know, political gatherings. He's, just, he's kind of always done his own thing. So I'm surprised he hasn't come back yet. I would still, I guess, say I, I would assume he'll be back by, you know, December, midseason at the, at the latest. But I thought he'd be back at this point as well, and he proved me wrong. So maybe that's what he wants to do. Maybe he wants to continue to prove the naysayers wrong, and, and you know, that's absolutely his right. I, I, I don't want to say it's a mutual decision, but he knows what it takes to get back on the floor, and the Nets know what it takes and have told him what it takes to get back on the floor, and he's made this choice not to do it. I mean, th- th- these are two parties that are making this decision together. He could be on the road playing with the team right now. They're not going to let him. Or he could be back playing full-time if he wanted to get the shot, and he doesn't want to get it. So – both sides have kind of made their argument. They've come to an agreement that that's not how it's going to work. And I think that's fine if you want to look at it that way. So I want to ask you about Ben Simmons. And uh, we saw James Harden last year when he wanted to get out of Houston, Ben. And he, 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 he at least appeared, made himself appear to be fat and uh, out yeah. of shape and, and yeah. put in as little effort as possible, you know, just basically sending – the message that, you know, this is what you're going to get unless you move on from me quick. And I'll never forget that pregame video where he looked like he weighed 300 pounds when he was, he had to be wearing like four warmups, Ben. I don't know what, but anyway, that was the tactic that James Harden took. Ben Simmons has, has gone the holdout direction and that didn't really work all that well. Now he's back and he's practicing with phones in his pockets and getting bounced from practice because he doesn't want to do drills and get suspended for it. Like, how's this tactic going for him? Yeah, I mean, I actually think it'll work. I do think this puts more pressure on the, the 76ers to trade him now because as bad as he looked, I don't know how much worse he was going to make his trade value. You know, the goal has always been between for Ben Simmons and for Rich Paul, his, his agent, is just get out of Philly. You have to get out. And look, it's Philly's fault that they're in this spot. First of all, they danced with Ben Simmons, and, and we've kind of known who he was since LSU, and he's good enough to win you a lot of games. I don't know, and this is what Doc Rivers said, I don't know if he's good enough to win you the most important games. Now, that's not a unique problem to Ben Simmons. A lot of guys can't win the most important games. That's why there's only one champion a year, but you know the coach doesn't usually call them out for that. So I think that's absolutely on the Philadelphia 76ers for going scorched earth against him without a firm plan to get rid of him in the offseason and then to submarine his value and only hurt themselves. So I don't have any problem with Ben saying, hey, I'm not going to come back. you got to trade me. I'm never going to play in Philly again. And them not doing it and him saying, well, fine, I want to get my money because you're not giving me an opportunity to make it elsewhere, but I still don't want to be here. So, look, I don't condone what he's doing. I'm glad we're not having to cover it with the Jazz locally or any of our local teams. I'm glad that's not a storyline we're having to follow for anybody. But Philly has handled this equally as poorly, if not more poorly, than Ben Simmons, who's looking out for his own self-interest, which if you've ever worked in a building of people who sign contracts, that's really ultimately how it works. It's not this brilliant team environment like I think we want to romanticize with with the sports world. These guys are all looking out for themselves, and and they kind of have to because of how competitive it is. For Philly to not address this sooner and have this be what's hanging over their head going into opening night it's just it's bizarre to me it's bananas that they didn't figure this out 
Yeah, but the but the going fat route of James Harden was so much more entertaining, Ben. It was so what? much better. Oh, and, and creative. But James Harden's better than Ben Simmons and more creative. Yeah, I mean, Ben Simmons has, has no fun. I mean, that guy is the least fun person in the NBA and has been since he stepped on the floor. He couldn't engage with Donovan, who everybody likes. He couldn't play along with the rookie of the year thing, which was kind of a marketing ploy from Adidas as it was. He just... He couldn't ever laugh or grasp or smile about it. And look, it's not my job to tell anyone to smile, but you're you're playing professional basketball. If you can't have fun doing that, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I agree with you. Ben Anderson with us here on 97.5 and in, in 1280 The Zone. Uh, let's talk about the Jazz a little bit. What do you think is the number one major storyline on the floor going into this year? Just, I mean, example um, – what was it uh, a couple of years ago when it, Mike Conley was coming off that first year with the Jazz that didn't quite go so well? And it was, well, it was really, it was last year. And how would that go? How would he fit? Where would those shots come from? You know, with he and Bogdanovich in the lineup together because they never really clipped, uh, clicked in at the same time. This year it feels like we know a little bit more and they're, I'm having a tough time identifying that one major storyline on the floor to be watching for. What do you think that is? I'll give you two, Jake. I'll give you one that's obvious, and I'll give you one that might actually determine the success of the Jazz season this year. First of all, it's what happens with Jared Butler. You know, does Jared Butler work his way into the rotation? Is that a guy that Quinn Snyder is willing to expand his his rotation to 10 players to get him on the floor? Because, look, a rookie who comes in and leads the team in the preseason and scoring and assists is really hard to plant on the bench and say, yeah, you're not worth developing in real games. And Look, you can say you can develop in garbage time. You can say you can develop with the stars, and all those things are true. Rudy Gobert did it. But, man, you're, in a, you're trying to win a championship, and Jared Butler might be able to help you. So you want to figure out a way to get that guy on the floor. So that's my biggest question that we should have a relatively quick answer to. Is this a guy that in the first 10 games of the season is averaging 8 minutes to 12 minutes a game and not just because the Jazz are blowing out their opponents like they did so often last season? Are we seeing minutes for him – to end the first quarter or end the first half or open the second quarter and open the fourth quarter, how is he being used? That's my number one question. The question that may actually determine the success for the Jazz this season is over the last five years, Jake, the Jazz have been a top five defensive team all but one year. That one year was when Derek Favors was with the New Orleans Pelicans. Derek Favors is no longer with the Jazz, and now he's with the Oklahoma City Thunder, and we'll see him tomorrow night. Do the Jazz have the ability to keep their defensive intensity up in the 15 minutes Rudy Gobert's on the bench with a guy like Hassan Whiteside, who plays a different style of defense than Derek Favors? Can he keep up that level of play? As much as Favors wasn't the guy we saw in his prime with the Jazz last year, he still helped them rebound from being, I think it was 14th or 15th in defensive efficiency, back up to, what, third or fourth last year? If you don't have him on the floor this season, do the Jazz have a guy who can fix that? Because Ed Davis... And Tony Bradley proved that they couldn't do it. Jawan Morgan couldn't do it. Now it's on Hassan Whiteside's shoulders. And look, last year I would have told you you don't want to touch Hassan Whiteside with a you know twelve foot pole. He's been pretty good in the preseason. In fact, I thought his last game was really good. Uh, and if he can play that well every night, the Jazz will be just fine. But if he can't, the Jazz defense drops, and then you don't have a top ten defense, top ten offense. And we know those are kind of the tools you need to be a championship contender. Yeah, I, Ben, you and I were doing pre-half and post that year before the Jordan Clarkson trade and, and the Ed Davis thing didn't quite work out. And it was such a disaster anytime anybody came off the floor. I mean, uh, especially Rudy, Rudy Gobert, it just the, 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 the whole game would go into the tank. 
that when they, you know, have now slowly built that bench a little bit differently, added Jordan Clarkson, of course, and God favors back, and eventually now Whiteside, we are far from those days where the Jazz really right now, Ben, you know, speaking of Jared Butler, they have 10 dudes. They have 10 guys battling for eight spots, and that's actually a really good position to be in because you don't have to rely on on uh, necessarily – uh, everybody playing well at the same time. There's going to be others competing and pushing, and that's something that wasn't true really not that long ago. Yeah, exactly right. And, and look, we can hammer the, the Jazz old front office for going out and giving Derek Favors three years and $30 million. It was a lot. It was an overpay. Clearly, in retrospect, it didn't work, and they had to attach a first-round pick just to send him uh, to OKC. But at the same point, it was your most glaring issue. He was the best backup center in the NBA Two seasons ago when he was with the Jazz, I know he started, but when he would come back off the bench, he was always the best center uh, on the floor going up against the other team's second unit. It, it just worked so well. It made sense why you had to go out and pay him. It just didn't – he didn't end up being the guy still that he had been a few years ago. So uh, you understand why the Jazz did it. Unfortunately, they had to attach a significant piece just to unload him. But that puts pressure on that second unit. And with Hassan Whiteside stepping up and, and having to prove he's the guy because – what we've seen so far in preseason is Udoka has a bookie still at least a year away. Yeah, I think I think you're right about that, uh, Ben. Thank you for jumping on with us. I'm excited about tomorrow. We're getting we're we're going right out of the gates. Uh, Ten o'clock tomorrow morning. What t- what time are we meeting at the studio? You know, four or five a.m. I mean, I think we got to be ready. Get some coffee and we'll uh, we'll get moving. Oh yeah, you and I out. are both. Yeah, a little camp out. Ben and I are both coffee guys, and I I figure we could really have a race to see how much coffee we could get in ourselves by 10 a.m. and just go. I mean, it's just going to be action-packed. Like the now, the, 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 the crash at 2 p.m. will be rough, but we won't be on the air at that point, Ben. So that, well, you've got to be, be back on the air tomorrow night. That's true. That's it. Well, that's where more coffee comes back in, Ben, after the crash. You've got to prop yourself right back up. Get back up yeah. on that train. We'll do our best. All right, buddy. Hey, thank you very much. I, I'm very excited about tomorrow, and hey, we're 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 gonna do a really great show going forward. Hey, say hi to my friends out there on remote, and I can't wait to see you tomorrow. Absolutely. See you, Ben. That's Ben Anderson, of course, uh, going to be my co-host from tomorrow going forward. And, of course, you can read his great jazz coverage at kslsports.com. Joining me now, Ryan from the Dish Professionals. Call 801-424-DISH, 801-424-3474. Ryan, I'm sure there's a lot of folks out there excited. Hopefully the phones are ringing. Uh, People I know have been really worried about how they're going to consume their Utah jazz basketball this year. Yeah, that is a, a huge concern, I think, for a lot of people. And where phones have been blowing up Good. since, um, since what, this happened on the 30th. So yeah. um, and it's been a struggle to try to put together this solution. But, you know, I'm, it's something that we're not uh, not accustomed to. We sold DirecTV forever and ever. And uh, getting, you know, back to that and being able to offer that seemed pretty natural and especially with the listeners i mean we've been always supporting everybody and making sure we can get you a tv solution that you can watch the games and so we're we're right back at it i i never knew it would be important to point out that people shouldn't be grumpy with you about this personally <laughs> that that you were right here with the rest of us getting blindsided that it wasn't it wasn't you in the boardroom no. uh, doing the negotiating here so no. people please don't be grumpy with ryan yeah this is a. Uh... This has caused uh, a few sleepless nights for sure, this whole thing, because it's a, you know, part of these negotiations, you know, we'll get uh, blindsided with some channels coming down once in a while. And when this happened, uh, 
it uh, it it literally was a huge surprise to yeah. us for sure, and it put us in a, a, a scramble to figure out how are we going to be um, the provider that we are that we're on the stations telling everybody for years and years that we're going to take care of you and get you the the TV programming you need and. Um, so now that solution's in place, and uh, it's actually really cool because uh, you know a lot of times if it, if uh, you make the switch, it can actually be a good benefit to you in the pocketbook because you'll save a bunch of money because the promotions are uh, are quite large uh, for c- customers to come over as gift card offers and NFL Sunday ticket, NFL Red Zone. Um, you get when you set up with DirecTV, and you know obviously Dish. I'm still going to tell you that's an awesome product. It's yep. a it's the Hopper is the biggest, fastest receiver out there, and you want the Pac-12 network. That's the direction I would recommend you go, and uh, we can get you. It, it doesn't matter. You call us up, tell us what you need. We'll t- tell you what the best solution is. That's what I love. You're you're here for our listeners. Whatever you need, you guys are going to take care of it. And I, you, you've you've moved. Uh, Moved mountains to make sure you're able to do so. And I give you a ton of credit because that's that's what you guys have always done. So good for you. Appreciate it. 801-424-DISH, 801-424-3474. Thank you, Ryan. Appreciate Thank you. It. All right, we'll let you hear some jazz practice sound. Coming up next, stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Frank Dolce, Ute Insider, Analyst for the Zone Sports Network. As I look at this Oregon State team, clearly we know what they want to do as far as their offensive philosophy going up against Utah's defensive philosophy. And Kyle, since he came out of the room, they asked him, hey, what do you think about life? He says, you got to stop the run. PK, here's what we should do. <laughs> we need to make up the Ten Commandments of Kyle Whittingham, and that would be... Now ma- shall thou stop shalt the not, run. Shall <laughs> not allow the run game. Yeah. On this, yeah, hang all like the football law and the football right. coaches. Thou shalt not turn over the ball. Thou shalt well. get four and a score. I'm sure we could come up with a quality list. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The end of the day today here on the big show, Foghat. Uh, we're also mixing in a little ZZ Top. Uh, Foghat selected by our boy Bowler and brought to you by Live Nation Concerts for the latest tour news and artist insight. Uh, go to LiveNation.com, meaning you're going to hear a lot of slow ride on the show today. Take it easy, Lloyd. Uh, and that means that right when, when Bowler gets here, I get to tell my, my Foghat story, which I'm, which I'm pretty excited about. It's one of my better stories, I think. Uh, we are here at the Dish Professionals. Call the Mata One Four Two Four Dish. It's Mata One Four Two Four Dish. The Jazz season begins tomorrow. Of course, you'll hear all the Jazz action right here on the Zone Sports Network all year long. Uh, tomorrow, tip-off will be at seven o'clock against Oklahoma City. Pre-game coverage with myself and Tim Lacombe will begin at six. But uh, let's hear from the coach, shall we? Uh, here's Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. His media availability following practice. I think, you know, at this point, guys are ready to play. It, it feels like a longer preseason. Um, 
because I think the last two preseasons we had were pretty short. So, um, you know, having this stretch uh, after our last preseason game before the regular season, I think, you know, it's, I think we talked previously about just how you manage it, where you try to balance execution and continuity and things with, with health and rest. And I think we've done that and we're ready to go. We've been talking to Donovan quite a bit uh, about, you know, what his ceiling is and what he needs to do to take the next step to get to the next level. He talks a lot about wanting to improve on the defensive end. Do you think that there's any truth to the idea that if the guy deserves himself, you know, so much on the offensive end, the way that Donovan does, that it kind of takes away from being able to exert himself the same amount on the other side? Um, there's always a little truth to everything, you know. Um, I, I think – the, the truth is, if you allow yourself that out, that, you know, when you get tired, it's easier to take it. And I think that's something that Donovan's the reason he's saying that um, is because I think he's determined to, you know, to, to commit to every possession, you know, and that's really, you know, whether it's offense or defense or when you're on the bench, you know, literally watching the game and seeing how people are guarding you, um, you know, I'd like to think there isn't a ceiling. You know, the minute we set a ceiling, you know, maybe you hit it. Um, and I think in his case, um, it's just reflective of a focus. And, yes, it's it's hard to focus on every possession. It just is. Um, and sometimes it's not necessarily because you don't want to, you know, play offense or play defense. You're reacting to a call or a missed shot or your man scoring on you. Um, you know, so that that focus and that concentration, I think, is something that, you know, he's continued to emphasize and continue to improve. When you've had kind of a week-long run-up between the last preseason game and how much of what you've done has been kind of just like general getting ready stuff that you're going to be doing in general and versus like at what point did you kind of start fine-tuning versus when you're going to I, I think, you know, I've mentioned that I think there's some very specific things that we want to um, keep in the front of our minds throughout the course of the year. And usually that involves trying to touch those things, if not daily, you know, consistently. Um, sometimes those, you know, be, be it something like running. Um, I'd like to think that no matter who we're playing, that that, you know, needs to be an emphasis and something that we commit to and commit to on a level that's above what we did last year. It's hard to practice. You know, we're not a track team. So it's hard to practice just sprinting. Once you're in shape, um, it becomes more a question of, of training and, you know, trying to figure out ways to train those things um, from a coaching perspective is always, you know, um, an area that you try to be a little bit innovative. Um, sometimes it's just through emphasis. Sometimes there's different drills you create, but, Again, even in a in a drill setting, maybe a warm up is involved where we're just training, you know, mental habits because you know it's, it's, there's physics. Once you start going, it's it's easier to keep going, and if you don't run right away, it's harder to get going. So, um, just as one example that that I think you can apply to a lot of different things as far as the way we're trying to practice to prepare us and what we need to be better at, when we need to do more of, and then also balancing in, you know, your opponent, you know, so 
the, the preparation for individual opponents, you know, starts now. Yes. Is there a sense of normalcy returning tomorrow? Just the full 82 game schedule, fans back in the arena, you know, more days off of between games, less back to back. Is there a sense of normalcy there a little bit? I don't know that anyone really remembers normal. You know, everything from where people are sitting to um, what the various protocols are. I think the, the normal part of it is, I think, being ready to adapt to change. And if you approach it from that standpoint, I think you're prepared, um, you know, wherever the season goes. Hopefully uh, nothing to indicate that, you know, things are going to be different. Um, but certainly they are different than last year. So um, the thing that's not different is there's five guys on each team out there, you know, competing and playing basketball. And that, that's the part that we know is going to happen. Yesterday, I saw you having an extended conversation with Jared Butler after mm -hmm. practice. I imagine that those happen often. And I'm wondering how important <clears throat> it is to have conversations, no matter the subject, with a guy like Jared. His rookie season, maybe he's going to have to practice with patients. Mm -hmm. How often, and how much of a part of your job is it to make sure that you connect with him, not just as the coach, but as the sure. Um, I mean, I, I think that's an integral part of my job, you know, on multiple levels. <clears throat> um, I think one of the things that, um, that Jared's dealing with is, you know, every press conference, I get more Jared Butler questions than I do Rudy Gobert questions. Mm -hmm. um, and we talk about Jared needing to practice patience. Um, I would argue that, you know, that's something we all should practice. Um, and to the extent that Jared's focus is on, you know, achieving something or showing something or playing X minutes or doing these things that that's taking the focus away from what he needs to be doing. It's just trying to get better. And, you know, I, I think to the, to the patient's part, understanding that, you know, getting better um, a lot of times involves making mistakes and to, to, to be patient with yourself about, um, you know, it's not going to, you're not going to be perfect. And, you know, it, that's an adjustment for every, for every player. I, I think even our veteran guys, Rudy, Rudy Gay's practicing patience right now. Cause he's not, you know, he's out there on the alter G we moved it out to the court so that he can kind of be a part of practice. And, um, JC practices patience every game when he's itching to get in at like the four minute mark. So, um, you know, I, th I think that's a crucial component of what makes a team function. Um, and, you know, Jared's no different than anyone, except that, you know, this is his first go at. When by and large, NBA teams have 15 different guys with 15 different backgrounds. You guys have Donovan and Eric who are like lifelong friends, neighbors since they were young, right? So what does that do to a locker room and what is that? I mean, kind of what influence does that have on the team? That's a, it's a different background. You know, I, I don't think you 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 can uh, separate. It's just a, it's another. It's no different in, in in the fact that it's different. But that that's kind of the point. Someone that's from Australia, or someone's from France. Two guys went to high school together. Um, I think all those dynamics have an opportunity to make you better. Um, so um, you wouldn't you, you don't watch his practice and go, oh, those two guys played together. You know that that's not. Um, you know, there are different players and different people. And, uh, 
you know, you can tell the guys that have played together for a long time when you watch his practice. And I think part of it for Eric has been, you know, understanding the ways that he can help impact, um, you know, our team positively. And Donovan's someone that can, you know, can help translate that, um, you know, from, from a number of different vantage points because he's been through it too. But I, I don't think that – and. You know, Donovan's not looking at Eric any differently than he's looking at Jared. He's probably talking to Jared a whole lot more than he is Eric because they're playing the same position. So, um, you know, Eric's his own guy and Donovan's his own guy. And as long as we don't have too many Duke guys, we'll be all right. <laughs> How about that? little joke there at the end. All right. There you go. That's Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder as Jazz get uh, the regular season going tomorrow night against Oklahoma City. Coming up next, we have a market update at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Mason Wake, a little Wake's takes for you. Cole Fotheringham at 4.30, not Sports Report at 4.50. And then Craig Bullerjack is going to be here with us on site here at the Dish Professionals in the 5 o'clock hour. Call the Dish Pros, 801-424-DISH. More next, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. It's game week for the Utes, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It's another Pac-12 road trip for Utah as Kyle Whittingham and the Utes head to the Pacific Northwest to battle Oregon State in Corvallis. Catch the Ute pregame show Saturday at 4.30 with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference. Nobody brings you better coverage of youth football. You ready? Yeah! Than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's a big show. Jake Scott with you, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Broadcasting live from the Dish Professionals. Give them a call today, 801-424-DISH. It's 801-424-DISH. We'll talk to Ryan coming up here momentarily. We're going to have Mason Wake, top of the 4 o'clock hour. Cole Fotheringham will be on at 4.30. And uh, the great Craig Bowlerjack will be here for the 5 o'clock hour live from the Dish Pros. So we're excited uh, to talk to Bowler as the season starts for the Utah Jazz coming up tomorrow. Right now, it is time for a market update brought to you by TridayTrading.com. For, uh, now, anyone can be a day trader. Visit TridayTrading.com. Market's all up today. <clears throat> Dow Jones up uh, 198 uh, points. S&P 500 up 33. And the NASDAQ up 107 points. So there you go. Good, uh, good day out there in the, uh, in the markets. Uh, don't forget that we have uh, the Not Sports Port at 450 uh, as well. Halloween theme, I think I'm going for Not Sports Port. Uh, just read a piece uh, from Sham Sharani in The Athletic. Uh, Lloyd, have you been following the Ben Simmons drama today? Yeah, I have a little bit. So apparently, and Shams paints the picture, that Ben hasn't even talked to anybody. Like has showed up at the facility, half-heartedly participated, hasn't spoke to anybody. Joel Embiid said that they haven't even spoken uh, yet, uh, Doc asked him to get uh, to uh, get into a defensive drill. Ben Simmons said no. Doc said, "Come on, get in there, Ben." Ben once again refused. Doc told him to go home. He just dropped the ball and bounced, and that's what uh, bought him his suspension. But I, I don't think. Well, let me put it this way, Lloyd. I think it's very much on purpose from Ben Simmons. 
so, you know, part of me wants justice, wants to be like, oh, you have a contract, show up and play. But honestly, it's going to work because this is not sustainable. Like, how do you how do you do how do you go about uh, being an NBA team with a key component in that team being not only like insubordinate, but not even showing any interest in being like doing his job like it's it's unfortunate because you're like you should be you you should act have better behavior but at the same time it's gonna work they they have to they have to put it into this i would think yeah i would think but he's he's killing his like they're not gonna get anything for him so how how can they not get anything for him but he got his money lloyd he already got paid he got his big deal so it doesn't it 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 doesn't matter if anything it's it's much more vindictive than that because he's sinking his uh, value so that Philly does get nothing then he goes somewhere else and he still has what 3 years or 4 years to prove his worth before his next big time contract so he's gotten paid he's got all the leverage as long as he continues to show up kind of i don't know i think they've got to do something and they're going to have to take pennies on the dollar but what are you going to do you can't have that guy on your team just, right just bench him just bench just him bench just him. rajah bellum just, just rajah we're gonna pay you but we don't pay want you to be you're here just sit there yeah you're oh man that is a that is a bitter pill to swallow or, then, or you then what him, happens to or you play value. him and continue to show how terrible of a shooter he is and again uh, kill his trade value yeah well the, no road is, it, it, there's not a good plan but Maybe if you if you kill what kind of player he is, then I don't know. Maybe that's and the best. Yet, and yet, Daryl Morey, his Morey, his whole point in not moving Ben was he thought he could get more. You remember when Ben Simmons for for James Harden was a thing, and boy, has he turned out to be wrong about that. He's yeah, that was Morey's a had a rough go. He's, he's not made the right decision uh, often lately. All right, so we're going to hear from Mason Wake. Uh, of course, BYU fullback and tight end coming up next, so stay tuned for that. But we are live here at the Dish Professionals, 801-424-DISH, 801-424-DISH. And uh, the jazz season begins tomorrow, and I know there's been some hiccups, but, Ryan, you've got folks covered. Yeah, this is a, uh, a, a interesting situation that a lot of uh, jazz fans are in, and uh, – um, we made some adjustments. Uh, we did not know this whole thing was happening with uh, the AT&T Sportsnet, and uh, we wanted to figure out a solution. So what we've done is uh, we're now back and offering um, both satellite providers, Dish and DirecTV. So um, DirecTV does have that AT&T Sportsnet, so we can get people taken care of. And listen, Dish is still baller. I still love my Dish network. I love my Hopper. I love all the great features that I've talked to you about for years. Dish is still a tremendous product. But I, I like it that you guys have adjusted a little bit because you've got to take care of the sports the sports fan in this market. That's what you guys do. Yeah, I mean, there's only one pro team. And so, um, you know, this can be, you know, it's kind of a mixed situation. You know, some people that, uh, um, you know, it's – that they need to have access to all the games. Some people, it's not necessarily that it's something that's so important to them. And uh, Dish has a great product. Um, they do have the Pac-12 network, and all the other games are going to be there. Um, the AT&T Sportsnet is, uh, is something that's uh, unique. And uh, this season, you know, this is something that, uh, 
you know, if, if you need the access and you want, uh, want a solution, we have all the solutions now. So that's the cool thing. You call us up. We can help you with Dish, get you the Pac-12. We can help you direct TV. We can get you the NFL Sunday ticket. We can get you NFL Red Zone either way. Um, it truly makes it simple. So if you're in that predicament, like, hey, what do I do? We'll guarantee you get the best price. We'll get you the set, the best deal out there. We've got a, a lot of uh, cool things, gift card offers and so forth. And if you call us, we'll, we'll take care of them. 801-424-DISH, 801-424-DISH. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you, buddy. All right, we've got more coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.